Tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Hello there, chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless, the podcast all about our weekly gaming reports. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by Tristan. And this week we've been playing Imperial Assault, but with the app, which is with a the app, nice the change. co-op, the yeah. co-op, the, the full-on campaign experience. Imperial Assault is my fantasy flight, and it's a thematic tactical... Mini- Star Wars Imperial Assault. Oh, Star Pro- Wars. Probably Imperial mentioned Assault. Star Wars. Well, I was going to say that it's based in the Star Wars cinematic universe. <laughs> I spoiled uh, it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely didn't spoil it. It's calling it by its name. Um, so it's based on the uh, mechanics of Descent, wasn't it? Yeah. And it got reskinned, completely new characters, loads of Star Wars put in it. And it was a sort of overlord game, so one player would be GMing, um, throwing monsters in at players, and the other players would be trying to work out how to fight off hordes, or um, breach and clear a map, or hit some objectives, get to the console, finish the mission, sort of thing. The app basically takes the responsibility away from the GM player, and then just provides a little bit of story, and then a load of randomization to characters, and manages all that for you. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, it was quite nice just to have not quite a Manchester of Madness feel, but just have the app kind of controlling the experience for all the players. Mansions of Madness is the first game that comes to mind. Having played that, the second edition, um, with Mansions of Madness, for me, the second edition fixed the game. Like we played the first edition of Mansions of Madness and the Overlord role was so uh, dominant that... Um, it stagnated the games for us a little bit and it got to the point where the investigators couldn't really do anything. Um, and it could have just been the particular scenarios that we played, but it, it was quite a, a boring experience for all of us. Whereas when we played it with the app, it was like, wow, it's a completely different game, really thematic implementation of Lovecraft. And it was like, it didn't feel like a a fighting game anymore, which the first edition did feel like. It purported to be like this mystery exploration adventure game and it was actually just... Nope, you just have to yeah. hit everything. So with the app, Mansions of Madness Second Edition was amazing, um, and we've had some really good games at that. With Star Wars, um, we had the similar experience of um, these Overlord versus Heroes games, which I'm not massively fond of. That it, it seems to be like if you're in the Overlord role, you have to kind of either play it brutally, and often the games aren't brilliantly balanced, so you can just wail on the weakest hero and win the game um which isn't that fun for either side or you play it like you you said as a gm um which is where you're more almost like a role-playing game where you're not really playing to win you're just playing to give the players a good experience which again isn't as fun for the overlord yeah so as you said the app takes all that away but Whereas with Mansions of Madness, it allowed the app to tell a cool story and have like this adventure experience. With Star Wars, it turns it into a sort of standard co-op dungeon crawler, of which we have quite a lot. So this is a cool theme, cool minis. Jackie's painted the miniatures, so they look amazing. Um, And the gameplay is pretty solid now. It's tightened up from Descent and everything. But at the end of the day, it did feel like just 
another dungeon crawler to me. It wasn't. It didn't blow me away in the same way that the Mansions of Madness app did. I think maybe perhaps because I've been spoiled a little by that. Um, there were some nice touches, like between the missions, you know, chatting to the NPCs and choosing yeah. um, what happens next in that. But whereas with Mansions of Madness, each time you revealed a new part of the map, it was like a, a new story development. Um, or if you unlocked something, it was something interesting happened in the like the narrative of the game. Um, in Star Wars, we found some crates, we opened them and there was credits inside. You know, yeah. it was like gold and loot sort of thing. Which is cool, and it's a you know I'd, I'd look forward to playing this with my little boy. I don't know how interested I am in continuing the campaign with the group. I mean, you are, so maybe we should go to you for a more positive spin on things. <laughs> Tell us what you liked, what you enjoyed about it. Well, like I said, I really enjoyed the app management part of the game. I think it that worked really well. But like you're saying, it's just not as in depth as Mansions of Madness was. There was it was very sort of skin deep what the app was. Uh, allowing you to do and it did it very well but like you're saying a lot of the interactivity wasn't there there wasn't things popping up that you had to go and suddenly investigate and then maybe come back and try different things with i don't know if that'll happen in future missions as like consoles become a bigger thing and we're trying to hack into different systems you know open up the door to get to the reactor sort of event yeah the mission it was just on yavin 4 wasn't it and yeah it was set right after a new the end of a new hope and the Empire have worked out where the rebels are, so cue the rebels moving house once again, clearing out the base and escaping. Um, so that was quite nice thematically, that worked really well, but it turned to be a sort of a horde level, didn't it really? So it was wave after wave of Empire coming at you, and you're just having to manage that. So we managed to clear it just by the skin of our teeth, but it, we never really felt like we knew where it was going, really. There was no surprises. We knew there was a, t- a countdown timer on it from like turn one when they said, oh, but we just need to let another five more ships go. So it's like, okay, five more rounds. Let's see if we can do this. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's going to turn up. Um, it was it was interesting, but it's not going to take Managers of Madness's spot as like best game with an app. Yeah, I suppose um, what it adds is the character development stuff. The Managers of Madness ones were one shots, right? It was different characters each time you played a scenario. Yeah. Whereas this has got the campaign, improve your character over the course of a bunch of scenarios, yeah. which is always kind of a little bit addictive. And uh, maybe I was being unfair in this scenario because, of course, we did only play the one like opening horde mode um, game, which was in, it was still cool and everything, um, but it just didn't have yeah those things like in Manchester Madness where you have to go and complete a ritual to be able to take out the you know the big villain or you have like yeah. ulterior motives and stuff there was there was no like when Darth Vader turned up it was just yeah you can't kill him he's just Darth Vader you know run away kind of thing yeah. um and and that was cool as well in a way um but it maybe it was because I spent half of the game running around collecting crates <laughs> rather than uh, immersed in the action but um I mean I would I would definitely give it another go and as I say I'd, I'd like to play it with uh, my little boy but for dungeon crawlers and stuff I think I don't know if it'd be my first choice even though it has the Star Wars branding which is very compelling in itself um, but yeah no I, I did enjoy it I'm, I'm probably coming across harsher than I mean to be it was it was fun it was a good game but it was just uh, a little bit um, I think as well because we waited so long for the app to come out for yeah. this Perhaps we were expecting a lot more. We hyped it up, didn't we? Really? Yeah, and it was quite similar to the Descent app, which, again, is quite cool. Um, but 
yeah, and and it, and it is just a Titan version of Descent, as you explained. So I guess the app is the Titan version of the Descent app. And and coming to the app, it's very evocative. There's lots of cool sort of sound effects and things, and um, they've really spent the time on making it look really deluxe and interesting. Uh, but there's always this weird thing with apps where it's like this disconnect of, well, if we're using, you know, a video game app, why yeah. don't we just play a video game? <laughs> You know, why don't we just play a video game instead? And, um, you know, you're like, oh, look to the app to see what to do and then play with the board game after. I don't know. That's always, it's always sat oddly with me. Maybe I'm just not quick enough to embrace the technology. Well, well, there was that strange disconnect as well, wasn't there, where it'll give you the characters that you were fighting against. So all of a sudden a mob of stormtroopers would turn up or some probe droids. But then you'd have to go back to the actual cardboard cards and work out how much health they've got and actually run that all manually. And then you just told the app who died when. And that who, was... who had finished their turn. So it felt a bit disjointed. Yeah, and that, that didn't really get any quicker. Like I thought we'd learn the, uh, you know, the abilities of the different guys more quickly. Yeah. But the app gives you so many options for what each character, each um, bad guy does. You sort of all the time trying to work out, you know, which of those applies and then which of the abilities on the card applies or, yeah. you know, which stats apply. So there was a lot of toing and froing and, you know, between four of us, um, by the end of the scenario, that that specific part of it didn't feel like it it got easier or quicker to pass. It was, yeah. there was still some discussion. It, it could have just been me slowing it down, but like, why isn't it doing that? You know, why, why is this guy not doing that action instead of that action? And, and, it was just, um, I, don't, I can't think of a quicker way to do that without taking away the variety of the actions that the app provides for the NPCs, for the yeah. AI. But it's, it never felt as smooth as the way it's been implemented in other games. You know, even re- really basic games like the D&D Adventure System games. Yeah. The monster turns are so quick, they're just one and done. And yes, they're, they're simple by comparison, um, but you still feel like you're constantly in the the toing and throwing of battle whereas in this you just sort of like so what's this guy doing to this guy again and you know when the officers came out it's like the officer does something and then he goes over and tells the stormtrooper to go do something and now you're going to find out what the stormtrooper does and I was just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it did get a little bit tiring at some points that it just goes to show really that like an app companion is not going to fix an already flawed game or it's not going to completely change the gameplay experience for like the fundamental game that you've got but what it is going to do is it's going to make parts of it a lot more efficient it's going to make what I always find with these sorts of like exploration and crawler type games is that keeping up with which monster is going to attack when based on certain variables is so soul destroying. Sometimes <laughs> just just to try and keep on top of that, yeah. they can really take you out of the game. Whereas although it was quite randomised with the app of okay. I've not attacked this player character yet, so I'm going to attack him now. Yeah. Um, so that became a little bit predictable, um, but it still just kept that flow of which enemies coming at you and how it's going to attack fair enough. You had to do a bit of digging around on particular like power um, power cards. Yeah. But then the rest of it just kind of flowed a bit better. So I did enjoy it. I, think I preferred playing Imperial Assault with the app a lot more than I did when we played it without it just felt like 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 it went a bit more smoothly, really. Definitely agree there. Yeah, the adversarial game it, it was good actually. I think at one point we were going to come back to it. It kind of got sidelined, didn't we? We played a few missions, we developed our characters a little bit, and 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 that was kind of cool. But um, it did feel like ganging up on the Overlord, who Dave had kind of taken it easy on us for the first couple of games. But because he'd done that, 
he said himself that he felt like he'd fallen behind too much and yeah. then it became a real challenge for him to try and you know take out our heroes whereas you've you've removed that effectively by playing it with the app and playing it cooperatively and for a game like this um i, I do think it probably suits co-op mode better yeah. so yeah from that respect i think definitely an improvement and still yeah still a fun game but um like most dungeon crawlers it is at the end of the day it's move and attack you know <laughs> around a grid um which you know it could be a lot of fun and slicing up bad guys and stealing the treasure and stuff but it's it is a formula on the other hand it's fantasy flight it's beautifully produced the miniatures are, are top quality and it's star wars you know so what's that like <laughs> It's easily invested in as an intellectual property, isn't it? You can yeah. just pick up a character and run with it. You've already got all your preconceptions of exactly what they're going to be doing and how they're going to be fighting. Exactly. And, and that goes to the story as well. So within a couple of lines of text between the missions and stuff, yeah. like you said, as soon as you know you're on Yavin 4, you know what's going on and you know, you're know you situated within the Star Wars universe. So from a Star Wars fanboy's perspective, it's, yeah. it, there's very little barrier to the emotion in that respect. Um, even if the the narrative of the individual missions aren't quite as deep, perhaps, as That's it, yeah. mentions of Bandus. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's also, it's nice to see how the story continues, you know, beyond the movies. Yeah. Um, and just, just be a part of that, really. How do you feel about that in terms of, like, all the characters that you play are um, these made-up heroes, effectively, aren't they? Like a yeah. rebel or a Twi'lek or uh, a Wookiee kind of thing, but you never actually play as Luke. I mean, you can get the characters, but yeah. they're sort of like summons, aren't they, from yeah, Final Fantasy. They come in like, for a mission like and then disappear. From, they're in and out, aren't they? Yeah. Um, um, would you, I mean, would you rather play it as characters you know, or do you prefer to play as these unknown characters I, within the world? Personally, I don't think it makes too much difference. It probably serves the campaign story better because you're not having to worry about how is Han Solo going to behave when he's meant to be closer to Hoth, those sorts of complications. But then because of the way that the characters are built, you've got the Sly Smuggler, I wonder who they're meant to be. Yeah. And then you've got the Marksman, obviously there's a, there's a tank in there in the form of a Wookiee. So they're all such um, great proxies for the main characters that you can kind of live out those fantasies through them, but just transpose them onto your character, give it a bit more personalization, customize them. Um, I think it. I think that works quite nicely. One thing about Mansions of Madness was that because it was based on like the Lovecraft stories, you kind of got a sense of where it was going, and there'd be a few times when we were playing it, and we'd be like, "Oh, it's Innsmouth! Brilliant! Let's see what happens." And you, you kind of know what the story beats are, but you're going along with it, and you're still really excited about it. Yeah. With these ones, it's similar because it's Star Wars, and you know, again, like. We're coming across a Star Destroyer. I wonder what we're going to have to do. There's going to be a tractor beam that needs to be decommissioned. Right. But because it's slightly different and it's a continuation of the story almost, you feel, you know, not more invested or less invested, but it just it just has its own nice little hook to it, really. Kind of pulls you along. Yeah. So would you wouldn't want to come back to Imperial Assault or would you just put I, I it... I don't know. You've kind of won me back over. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, it'll purely be seeing how the campaign plays out and it's all about the variety, I suppose. Yeah. If it becomes more of a very hoardy, you've got to stick it out against, you know, the Empire coming at you and you're never 
being offensive or you're never going to try and do that heist, then that's probably going to wear a bit thin. But if they can bring a variety of a couple of different mission types in, though, in a good circulation and we're progressing characters, I think we could really get behind it. It's just one of those, it's having the time, especially with all... You've got so much options now for campaign games, legacy games. If you have got like a regular RPG going on, when are you going to get time to get it out on the table, really? Yeah, these uh, the campaign-style games are time hogs. You know, um, which is fair enough, you know, because if that's what you're after, but f- to get the group to commit to something like we're playing Seafall at the moment. So any other game sort of takes away from like finishing off one campaign. And so for us to be starting a number of different campaign games at once, I don't know if, you know, I, d- I don't know which ones we're going to see through to the the bitter end sort of thing. I'd like to see another couple of scenarios. I'd like to see my little rebel dude, you know, get some more bigger yeah. sticks to hit things with. Does it compete with the other campaign games that are going i don't know yet but i guess like you say if the app can offer enough variety then cool yeah uh we're lucky enough that dave has invested fully in all the expansions so uh, and we didn't even use any of those and yeah it did throw everything in tonight so we had we were up against all the different enemy types possible yeah so that was great variety for this adventure if you only had the base game and you were up against every single type Every single game that might get stale a, a little fast. Yeah. With all the expansions, I think we're probably in the best position to experience all the variety yeah. that the system has to offer. Um, in terms of a buy-in for people fresh to the game, that's going to be quite a, quite a tall order to sort of get that same sort of variety. But um, yeah, no, I would, yeah. I'd definitely give it another go, and I'd, I'd be interested to see where it goes with the yeah. the campaign and if the missions do get more interesting and more replayable yeah. as well. But um, and and the thing is as well, you kind of spoil it with Fantasy Flight because even if it's not amazing, it's still such a high level of quality, <laughs> um, you know, that you, you it's still going to be a good, if not great game anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's cool. It's, nice. it's good fun. Going back to the app just quickly, um, it does keep track of skills you've bought with your XP, which extra items you've bought with your credits at the end. Yeah. So I wonder how well that save state will help you with the campaign, especially if it's a sort of casual experience. So if it's a game that you're going to only get out of a few weeks or, you know, it's a couple of months maybe between each campaign element, how easy is it going to be now the app's there keeping track of certain things for you to get back into the game? Is it going to be a bit quicker? Yeah. You've just got to refresh a few of the rules and remember how the game beats actually work. I wonder if that's going to like make it just a, that little bit easier to get out of the box and all stop you. Because the amount of times that we've gone to play a game and we thought, oh, well, let's play this, and then oh, actually I can't really remember. It would it would be a high a higher barrier to entry. I think the longer we left it. So if we were going to continue with this campaign, it, it would behoove us to play it sooner yeah. rather than later, and, and yeah, and try and improve that speed of processing the what the game's doing yeah. with the app, to, you know, with with the AI turns. All the time, but yeah, I mean that that's only going to come with mm-hmm. with more experience and stuff. And you'll probably get a push notification in two days' time anyway, saying, <laughs> "Why aren't you playing me?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like your assault trooper needs to level up. <laughs> get him out of the box. <laughs> Play it before the end of January and get three extra gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's what it says. <laughs> We'll be back next week with a couple more games and be able to keep you up to date with some more of our legacy experiences. Bye. Bye.